the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. How are you doing today? I had a seminar last night, which means I was out way too late, which tends to make the next day an interesting show, to say the least. It's almost like a vial of truth serum comes out of me, so to speak. Um, Stock market at all-time highs yesterday. NASDAQ, S&P, Dow. Now, I'm not going to go all nuts on you, but where are the people that say the stock market's risky? Where are the people that say it's a casino? The market's at all-time highs. Where are you? I know where you are when the market goes down 5%, 10%, 15%. Where are you now? There's no mistaking the, the bullish bias going on. Now, I don't want you getting too caught up in it. I don't want you selling your, your uh, children to put extra money into the stock market. Don't do that. Don't sell the bicycles. Uh, keep, keep on living. But hopefully, you're maxing out your 401k. It's a bullish start right now. Um, the record highs have people feeling good. There's something going on called panic buying. Panic buying. You know what Panic at the Disco is, right? It's an alt, alternative rock band. You don't need to know that. Drop that thought from your head. Maybe we'll play them a little later in the show. Maybe we won't. There's a steady bid going on right now. That There's panic buying. And active mutual fund managers have to beat the markets. There's three quarters, four quarters of the year, three months. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. And at the end of September, it's time for the mutual funds to say, what don't we have in our portfolio that's done really well? Because when we send out our list of our top 10 holdings, we want everyone to think we're doing the right thing, even if we didn't do the right thing. So PMI reading. Oh, no, not the dreaded PMI reading. Checked in at a 53.3 versus a prior reading of 54.6. It's disappointing. But that didn't destroy the markets in Europe, and it's not going to destroy the markets here in the United States. The 10-year Treasury, is that going to do it? Miley Cyrus came in like a wrecking ball. Is the 10-year Treasury a wrecking ball on the market? Oh, boy, that's a good question. (laughs) Typically, it has been. But it doesn't always correlate the same day, the same week, the same month. So that's a bit of a problem. We're going to head into the weekend. So the 10-year Treasury, it's at 3.07 right now. As it continues to climb, and the, the, the economic data that we're seeing out there is strong enough to suggest that it should climb up back to 3.5%. Maybe, I'm not a Federal Reserve member, obviously, but maybe at somewhere around 3.25, they go, okay, let's take our foot off the brake for a second. We don't have to drive that 10-year that much higher. We can always lower it in the future if we need to. We can always raise it. But let's see how the market digests this. But the market's digesting things at all-time highs right now. So you can't blame the Fed for wanting to get some wiggle room and potentially fight inflation. you got to fight for your right for inflation. 
Carolina farms could take billions in losses. The most tragic one that I've heard recently is how many chickens. And I know you're saying this is tragic. Human life is much more tragic than chickens. Millions of chickens drowned. And the government, the government's going to help out, but still someone has to get in a bulldozer, dig a big hole, push the dead chickens in a hole, maybe start a fire or something. I don't know. Uh, dead, I don't know. But tobacco plants have been battered and bruised, and they ain't going to make it. So if you have a tobacco thing, you might be paying more for your cigs down the road. Hurricane Florence is testing to resolve the farmers in the Carolinas. Too much rain. I know. California's like, bring on the rain. Give us rain. We'll do a little rain dance. We'll take some of your rain. But we don't want 20 inches in a weekend. Walmart is reportedly warned. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. That'll have to raise prices. Because of tariffs. That's not good. And they basically said, you know, over the next year, it's going to be. Uh, there's going to be pressures because of the tariff actions. Now, you're like, Walmart sells junk made in China. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, but sometimes it's the threads, it's the cotton. Those costs are going higher because of the tariffs. Micron, who makes DRAM and memories for your computer flash memory, think of them as a very important part of your phone, a very important part of your computer. They, too, are saying that um, there's pressures tied towards tariff actions. The strength of the Shanghai market today and this week rose f- Four and a half percent? That's a big week. You know, sometimes uh, when, when I was a young man, and I've studied the markets before I was even a young man, you know, if you got 8% in a year, sometimes the markets would move 1% a month. So when you see 4.3%, 4.5% in a week, it is pretty interesting. The Chinese government saying that they're going to provide some support tools that should help offset the impact from tariffs. Maybe they ease their currency. Maybe they just print some money. Uh, tough to say. It's so funny. Uh, printing money. Some presidents think they have the right to print money on whatever they want. Why don't I just print money? Put it in a suitcase. Take it with me. Texas Instruments and, and McDonald's. Uh, both higher. Unsizable dividend increases. So if you own shares of McDonald's, uh, they pay you a dividend. Two and a half percent. That's not too shabby, right? It's better than what you get at the bank. And, you know, a true financial planner will say, well, McDonald's has a lot more risk than what you do at the bank. It absolutely does. Uh, but with that said, we're all chasing yield. In the 90s, we were chasing Amy. Now we're chasing yield. We want to get our money working for us and make baby money. So when you buy $100, $160 of McDonald's, it'll pay you 2.5% for the year, So which is roughly $4.04. So every 90 days, they're going to pay you a dollar and a penny. That's not bad. It's not bad. So there's some curve flattening in the treasury market. Boring. I can already see the tomatoes coming out of your bags. You're getting ready to pop me with them. The S&P 500. Okay, I'll get back to sexy. I'm bringing sexy back, me and Mr. Timberlake. The S&P 500 is up only nine-tenths of 1%. Just, just a skosh under 1%, bringing its year-to-date gain to 9.6% before dividends. That's pretty good. So we've had a 10, maybe 11, 12% year when, you, when we add in the dividends. 
depending on what your portfolio looks like, depends on how much you know your uh, advisor talked you into putting into bonds versus foreign markets. You can't just look at the Dow, uh, the S P five hundred, and say, "Oh, it's up nine point six percent." If I'm not up nine point six percent, I'm firing my my financial planner because that's not a financial plan putting all your eggs in one basket. The S P five hundred. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a good idea. It's a burger or advisor taking any action. Things not mentioned on this show. Um, so that's out there today. Oh, one minute. I don't have to plug a seminar. I love it. I love taking a break. Uh, Eight hundred. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jeffries, an analyst, says AMD could triple its market share due to Intel supply problem. I, any dip in AMD, it looks like it could be set up for an interesting pop higher. Jeffries raised its price target to $36 for AMD shares, predicting big market share gains for the chip maker due to Intel's processor shortages. Whoops. Someone at Intel is going to get, uh, how shall we say, hit with a stick. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, or Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking money, 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 and get this, more money. Time for a stock talk moment. Stock talk with Rob Black. Black. Okay, now follow me if you may. Fleet of footwear, Nike, named for the Greek goddess of victory, is today's stock of the day. Stock I do currently own. It's one of the world's number one, well, it's not one of the world's, it's the world's number one shoe and apparel company. Nike designs, develops, and sells a variety of products and services to help in playing basketball and soccer, football, uh, running, both men's and women's different train shoes, and other action sports. Nike markets sports-inspired products for children and various competitive and recreational activities to kind of seed their future. They do golf, tennis, walking uh, endorsements. Um, they own Converse and Hurley, so they're not just the Nike brand. They sell through more than 1,000 owned retail stores worldwide, and some people are saying shoes are going out. Stores are going out of business. People don't want to go on a retail store. They have an e-commerce site to kind of uh, fight that. They sell quite well through Walmart.com. Quite well. Not quite as well through Amazon. The selection Amazon has is, is quite honestly pretty weak. But I sign up for Nike emails, and every now and then I see a, a sale of 50% off, and I get the same pair I always get. Not the same color, but the same size, the same fit, and same brand. So Nike is my stock of the day. And I want to go a little bit further into it, if I may. Judge. I hate people with nicknames like Judge. I hate it. I hate it. Things I hate. Someone has said at the seminar last night, like, you got a lot of hate in you. I'm like, you do know that it's embellished a little bit for radio, don't you? He didn't know. So Nike shares just hit an all-time high. And Nike's been on my radio talk list now for 20 years. Go back 20 years, and you'll say, whoa, it's a great company. Do you think it's going to change in the next couple weeks, next couple years? It could make a mistake. It could sign you know, a football player who then goes on a murdering spree. It could. And people could say, boycott Nike. Let's all boycott Nike. They support a murderer. Right? 
they uh, heavily are tied towards things like Foot Locker. Um, but it's the best performing stock in the Dow Jones Industrial Average this year. It's up 36%. The bulk of their gains have come in the last three months, and we all kind of know, and maybe we can get a little audio from that Just Do It commercial with Colin Kaepernick. Initially, the stock got hit on that news. But since that ad came out, it's up 14%. Colin Kaepernick, famous for starting the Take a Knee protest against racial inequality in America. Now, the valuation of Nike is starting to push high. So, anytime a stock's up 36% in a year, it's probably been at the table a little bit too long eating pasta. And you know how pasta kind of sneaks up on you? It sneaks up on me. Uh, so, it's always good for me to. I, Italians do nice, slow two hour dinners. Because if you eat too fast, I mean, if you just, you're going to get, you're going to get full fast and your belly's going to hurt. So the valuation's high. I'm not crazy about it. I'm not telling you to go out and buy it today. But it's an iconic brand that does command a premium valuation. If I could tell my 12-year-old self something right now, it would be stop obsessing about that girl who lives next to you. No, no. If I could tell myself, 12-year-old self something, when it comes to buying stocks, you could buy Nike probably every year. You don't have to be right that year. It's a big blue chip company. Ooh, blue chip. It's not going anywhere. There was a survey out earlier this week by Wall Street firm Canaccord Genuity, who said the majority of consumers supported the Kaepernick advertisement. It's a great ad. A sentiment that translated into a bump in sales. The stock has room to run from a technical perspective. No, I'm not, I'm not a technician. If they laugh at what you think I like you the brand. I like the, the revenue. I like the product. I like the sales, I like the earnings, I like the margins. I'm not a big technical guy on stocks. I'll look at technicals, but I've never met a technician worth a million dollars who did it from like $20,000 to a million. I've, I've met the blowhards who are like, oh, just form a double topping. As it blows out the topping, just a candlestick. I'm like, I don't see it. She look, look right there, it looks like a candlestick. It's a head and shoulders candlestick. It's got dandruff. I'm like, stocks don't have dandruff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, I didn't mean to say that. So technicians don't work for me. They may work for you, but to me, they're kind of like you know the voodoo priestess in, in New Orleans, you know the chicken bone stuff, not me. I look at technicals. I like to see like the worst day ever when the market crashed. When Trump got elected, where did the stock go? When uh, 9-11 happened, where did the stock stop falling? When you know we go into the Great Recession, where did the stock bottom at? That's important to me. Because that's showing me the worst day in the history. Now, are there going to be worser days in history? Sure. But I don't play the game of, of you know, got to be right, right, right now. Nike just sold out 61% more merchandise since the Kaepernick ad. It's not too shabby, right? Yesterday, it gets an upgrade from basically a company that used to be Freeman Billings Ramsey, but they merged with another company called B. Riley. So now it's B. Riley FBR. I once was uh, uh, basically doing some sales calls. Um, kind of finding partners to work with at Freeman Billings Ramsey. And it was the first company that I had visited in the early 90s who had this thing, get this, they bought their employees lunch. And it was always, you know, they were encouraged to work at the lunchroom. Now that's like, they were encouraged to stay in the building. Now that's like common, right? It's going to lose its advantage because California restaurants are going, Wah. all the Apple employees stay on campus and they don't come to the Cupertino restaurants. Wah. I know, right? You're saying, did he just cry like a baby? He did. Uh, Nike expects 50 basis points of general, uh, gross margin leverage 
driven by strong full-price sales, higher average selling prices, ASPs, and expansion of Nike Direct business offset by higher input costs. They've got something called a triple-double strategy, which I don't even know what the heck it is. But I guess a triple-double is something special in basketball. They still sell Jordans. Jordans in a wheelchair. He's in an old folks' home. And they still sell Jordans. I know Michael Jordan's going to come to my house and slap me tonight because I'm not in an old folks' home. But they got a Vapor Max. They got second half launches, color around performance after the Kaepernick marketing campaign, the triple double strategy, and any new product launches for the remainder of 2018, 2019. This is a company that's doing great, and they kind of won America back. Now, there's a company called Adidas. You say Adidas, but if you're in a foreign country, they say Adidas. So is Adidas competition? Yeah. And then let's think of the next one. And it gets kind of tough. So you may not like Nike. You may say, I like Under Armour. Under Armour is much better company. But until they hit the same level of sales, half the sales, it's tough to say, I like you a lot. I see the stock going to 90 in the next 12 to 18 months. Easily. Somewhere in the 90 to 100 area. If the market is a, a decent market. If the market is in a handbasket, some people book that 36% gain. That's stock talk. With Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Money, 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 investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can learn more about investing with some really good downloads at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Everything there is free. Um, and you should try to educate yourself a little bit. Uh, please note that when you try to educate yourself on some financial websites, that the person writing the article could be 23 years old. He could be out of a liberal arts college in the South and have absolutely no understanding of business. But yet he's got a degree in literature, so he's going to try to you know, make it work with a, by blogging for a site that will take his writing and put it on their site. Be very cautious. Not only have I been doing this a long time on radio, which you don't do, and you don't have that tenure unless you're good, um, but I've been doing it on TV. And the TV is the impressive part because, let me tell you, you get called out for almost anything. In 2006, right before the housing market crashed, I was pretty negative on housing. I was like, it's out of control. It was too much. People were doing stupid stuff. They were saying things like, um, you know, if I buy three houses, do you think I could flip them in a year for a million dollars and buy 10 more houses? It, it could happen. Rainbows could come shooting out of my butt. Not gonna happen, but it could. So when it comes to saving for the future, I want to get you back on track. And I want to say, oh, by the way, what I was trying to say about in 2006, people were, people posted some stuff on Craigslist because Craigslist has this like public comment area for television and radio, they were saying some savage, savage stuff about wanting me dead. Um, and Yahoo used to have message boards tied to every stock. And people would call my show. And uh, I used to get like 30 calls in an hour. And things have just changed. People don't want to call a radio show anymore. People don't want to know about what's the hot stock. Is it Nike or is it Bitcoin? It ain't Bitcoin. Um so I've had to change my show instead of just being, okay, you call you call the doctor, and the doctor will say, what's your problem? What's ailing you, sir? Uh, I, I tell you what's ailing you. And 
it's really easy sometimes to like help people, but sometimes it's really tough for them to accept that help. By the time you're 30, you should at least have your salary saved for retirement. Now, let's all stop there for a second and think, did I have that? Hmm, not really. But by 35, you need to have two times your salary. By 40, you need to have three times your salary. Now, some jerk up in Modesto or in some cheaper part of California versus what, where San Francisco, for instance, some jerks can go, I live great. I spend a lot less money than you do. So, yeah, so sometimes these numbers aren't right. So by age 45, you should have four times your salary. By age 50, six times. By age 55, seven times. By age 68 times. By age 67, 10 times. Now, I'm going to double all those numbers because I want to err on the side of caution. So at age 30, I want two times my salary. By age 46 times. By age 50, 12 times. By age 60, 16 times. And then I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm probably pretty damn close. Because you start doing the math of right now you you go to work, you get that salary, and you spend it to live. Something's going to happen when you turn 60, 65, 70. You're going to stop working. The company's not going to pay you anymore. You know, it's, it's, that's, that's why it's that kind of simple to understand this. Keep in mind that this is just a generic formula. I've got a gym membership that's $450 a month. It's ridiculous. It's 400 $5 or something like that. Um, it's kind of a country club. And I don't play golf and I don't play tennis. So what the heck am I doing? But then I go to 24-hour fitness. And 24-hour fitness, I've seen stuff in the men's shower there that you can't unsee. You can't unsee. And then you look down at the drain and you're like, I, what is that? Ah! You know, it, it looks like the, you know, the plastic that's the size of Rhode Island floating around the, the ocean. It looks like something like that floating around the, the drains. So depending on your lifestyle, like I'm not going to have a $400 uh, swimming pool and gym membership when I, when I turn 60, 65, 70. Hopefully the boys will be off frolicking, laughing, getting married, trying to figure out things on their own. So if I depressed you by telling you you need 10 to 20 times your salary before you retire, good. Wake up, America. If you're one of the Americans that doesn't have a 401k, don't stress. That's when you start using a Roth or a SEP IRA. Uh, take good care of your health if you haven't saved money for retirement. There's little things along that, those lines. Consider, like, maybe your renaissance will come later in life. Maybe you'll, travel to, maybe you'll live in a foreign country where it is cheaper to live. Consider it. And by foreign country, I'm talking about Oklahoma. <laughs> Let the emails come in for the Oklahoman out there. Right, right. But the Oklahoma and I, you and I both know it doesn't have a computer or Whoa. a cell phone. They may have a clamshell. They may have an old flip phone or something, right? I know you're saying, don't pick on Oklahoma. My dad is from Oklahoma. I'm going to come there and slap you. We don't talk like that boy where we're from because we don't have teeth. But what's interesting about Oklahoma is they also don't have dentures. They just go toothless. So anyway, um... Pot stocks. They had a good week. Right, <laughs> they, really, right. they had a really, really good week. And it's funny because someone's going to rush into action sooner than later and have the pot investment show on KDOW. It'll be interesting to see if that actually happens because uh, KDOW is owned by a Christian broadcaster. Will they say no? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't play in that arena. 
Very funny. Uh, Canada's legalization of recreational marijuana use next month is not going to produce the high that investors think. Analysts are coming out there and warning you, just like analysts came out last year and said, we're warning you, be wary of Bitcoin. It potentially could go to zero. Now, it potentially could go to 19,000. Kramer uh, was on CNBC the other day. He's a fascinating bald man. He's nuts! They're nuts! They know nothing! Can I, can I stop and, and clap real quick for Mike Matthews? I said Kramer, and within one-tenth of a second, he's playing Kramer. That's... I'm on the peninsula right now, and he's on the South Bay. How that? We're not making eye contact. Th- these aren't notes he's getting. You're fab. Impressive. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. Yes. Honestly, I've worked probably with, let's just say, 20 producers. And it was so bad at one point in time, I just I gave them numbers, like number seven, number eight, number nine. Because it's not a glorious, fun job to get you brought up early and do a radio show. Um, but he does a good job. Uh I say give them a raise. Let's pay a minimum wage plus 10 cents. Anyway, um, a lot of analysts are out there warning you, be careful right now. Um, there's a lot of promise about it. There's a lot of talk of will cannabis, will cannabis industry be the next um, alcohol industry? And um, it's kind of a wild, wild west. So there's a company called Tilray, Canadian pot company. I talked about the global pharmaceuticals and how you have to think about partnering with cannabis producers as a hedge against the burgeoning marijuana industry. There's going to be a lot of people who self-medicate. There's a company, there's an app out there that you can get now in California since they made it legal. They'll deliver marijuana to you in 30 minutes or less. It's like a Domino's pizza. You can get marijuana delivered to your house as fast as you can get a pizza delivered to your house. Wow, times have changed, right? Um, and people are like, well, I still grow mine. And that's that's going to be one of the interesting things about the marijuana industry is we're legally allowed to grow it now, too. It's X amount of plants or something like that. I don't know the laws. I'm just telling you. Um, it's going to be a roller coaster. And don't change the way you're investing. I know a lot of people who lost all their money on a company called MoviePass. I loved MoviePass the service. I hated MoviePass the stock. MoviePass the service was awesome. You can go to unlimited movies for nine ninety nine a month. Heck, it's like it's almost like a babysitter, right? Hey kids, you're gonna go see another movie today. And then they started changing the rule: only one per day, only one blockbuster per month, and things like that. And that stock just got obliterated because you can't. That wasn't a business model. You know what's funny? Someone's gonna figure out that business model. You're already starting to see AMC modify it. And say, okay, well, how about we give you one free movie a month and 20% off concessions? Yeah, for 12 bucks a month? No. We want that unlimited thing. So we'll see where it goes. Um, but be careful in the cannabis thing. I'm not saying don't do it. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. Um, just know that you know, you're going to have to clean up uh, whatever mess could potentially happen. So don't go all in. Every time I've ever gone all in... Well, not every time. Anytime, you know, when you're playing blackjack, and you're like, I'm exhausted. I've been at this table for three hours. I'm going to bed. Honey, come to bed. Going all in is a dangerous move, people. You see it in not very well, more often than not. Hey, I'm Rob Black. You're not. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Um, drop me a line. Rob at Rob Black Show.com. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Do your homework is my advice. I once was invited onto a, another radio show and to talk about flipping real estate. And the person didn't realize, I hate people who flip real estate. I hate the idea of it. I hate the idea of sell it to the average uh, Joe. And that they, too, could be just like that guy on television, who you don't realize is being heavily manipulated to make you think he's smarter than he is. Um, do your homework. It's <laughs> always my advice. Let's bring in a call. Um, for lack of a better memory, Joe and Campbell. Ron and Campbell. Joe, Ron. <laughs> That's horrible. I hate it when people call me Ron. Ron, do you hate it when people call you Rob? Yes, I do. <laughs> What's up, my friend? Hey, great seminar last night. Well, that's very kind of you. Um, I have a question, or I like your opinion on a REIT I own. It's the Physician Realty Trust. I'm looking, you know, holding it for the long term. So, question for you: um, What's your goal with it? Are you looking for it to go from fifteen dollars to thirty dollars, or are you looking for that big fat dividend? The big fat dividend and this growth. Okay. It's kind of a big fat dividend play, and it's got a little bit of growth underneath it. Um, Physicians Realty Trust is a real estate investment trust, which I don't talk enough about. I should, because I like publicly traded REITs. It's a great way for the average person to own real estate. And for instance, if you buy this company and you own 100 shares, you actually are a part owner in a dialysis clinic and a hospital. Um, and I think that's a cool thing, because it, you actually own the real estate, because you own the stock, which gives you ownership of the company. Um, now, it, their job is to pay dividends. A REIT kind of has a special exemption from Congress, where they're not paying taxes if they pass on a large chunk of their income to you, the owner of the company. My personal uh, hypocritical way of looking at things, I think Congress passed the law back in the 60s to, for themselves. They wanted to get richer, and they're they trying to figure out ways of, you know, how can we get richer? But I'm digressing. Um, taking a look at it, the company went public in 2013. So you've got a good six-year history. Taking a look at the company, it's gone from $12 to $17. You're not going to get rich like that. It's a very slow grower, but that 5.3% dividend yield is what you are interested in. I like the idea enormously. Um, you're going to be looking for something in REITs called funds from operation, um, you want to make sure that they're not issuing a lot of shares to pay their dividend. You want to make sure that their funds from operation are good. <clears throat> I don't know the company personally. I would have to get the annual report and tell you, like, oh, all their all their hospitals are in the South. That's not a bad thing. Or all their hospitals are in you know uh, big cities. That's not a bad thing. If they got hospitals out in Stockton, <clears throat> that may not be a good thing. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Have you done homework like that? Have you seen where their 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 uh, ownership is? I believe it's mainly in the Midwest. Okay. Um, if they do you, they send you an annual report, or does your broker do that, or do you know what I'm talking about? No, I recently bought it, so I haven't seen an annual okay. report yet. Um, from first glance, I see nothing wrong with it. There's not a lot of research on it. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's always going to be some issues where they can get sued because of the nature of healthcare. Um, <clears throat> But I, I don't have a problem with it. It looks f- like it's, it's free for cash flow and fine. Um, it looks like a very steady stock in good times and in bad times. Uh, you could look back, you know, um, to 2000. You know, it doesn't dip much. 
I, I see a dip from 17 to 14 to almost 15. So it looks pretty boring. Uh, PE is a little on the high side. <clears throat> I'm guessing that there's some charges in there right now. Um, some one-time charges, but taking a look at some other things on the company, $3 billion market cap. That's not crazy. It's got a high valuation. That's the thing I'm seeing on it. So there must be some charges in there, or it's got a very high valuation. The price to sales is a little bit on the high side. Uh, let's take a quick look. Return on equity is very low at 1.97%. So as I'm looking at it a little bit longer, I, I'm seeing some flaws. Um, I would watch that float to make sure that they're not issuing more shares. Uh, operating margins about 28%. If you can go back and get a last couple of years of annual reports or quarterly reports and see how they've uh, been faring with that. Uh, but the dividend's pretty high. Uh, so you know that any dividend over 4% is going to be a little bit more seismic than, say, any dividend at the 2 to 3% range, meaning that every little bit more that you add on is a lot heavier than you think because it ain't easy to pay out like that. Um, they got a little bit of leverage, which isn't a great thing. Their debt-to-equity is on the high side. So the more I'm seeing, the less I'm liking compared to some other REITs that you can look at. But just keep doing a little bit of homework um, and educate yourself on it. It's incredibly boring. It's it's very consistent, um, which kind of tells me that... Uh, let's see. I want to like, take a quick look at the balance sheet. Revenues have grown quite nicely. Cost of revenue has also grown quite nicely. So in 2014... You're talking about a company that's spending, you know, uh, ten million plus dollars. Now it's 113 million dollars for the cost of the revenue. So let's see what else. Um, this is where it doesn't work terribly well on radio, but I'm trying. Um, the income has grown nicely. The net income. Um, yeah, I don't see a lot of problems with it. As far as the analyst community out there. Uh, it doesn't have a big following, which kind of works against you a little bit because you think of Apple and you probably have 40 analysts who follow it. You think of this company, you've got four. So when they go out and tell their friends what's your favorite idea, maybe the 40 analysts would say Apple and maybe the four would say this guy. So they have a lot less of a world to influence. And I don't think publicly traded REITs, I hate private REITs. I love publicly traded REITs. But they do differ like gold and clay. But I think you're onto something with medical. Um, and again, do a little bit more homework on the location. Read the annual report. See um, threats to business. It's one of the last things in the annual report where they talk about competition. For instance, let's say um, Palo Alto Medical Foundation is it comes in and says, we're going to put up buildings all around your buildings, and we're going to cut the price, and people are going to come to our oncology centers versus your oncology centers, or our dialysis centers versus your dialysis centers. And if you don't think hospitals are aggressive like that, you're crazy, because they really, really are. They kill each other. Um, but yeah, thanks for the call, Ron. I think, uh, good job. So I think we had a good, healthy talk about that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.